Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Could a roommate push you far enough that you need to get nuclear revenge against them? We'll get to that in a bit, but first, I got my wife fired from her job. My wife and I got married after being together for a year. We'd known each other for nearly five years before she asked me out. When we met, she was friends with someone I was friends with too, so we ran in the same circles. I was still dating my high school sweetheart at the time. Everyone thought we were going to get married, but we broke up. Barely two weeks after my ex and I broke up, my wife called and asked if she could take me out to cheer me up. I declined because I wasn't ready to start dating again, and since we had a mutual friend, I didn't want to make things awkward if things didn't work out. I just knew they couldn't since I was still trying to move past my previous relationship. I'm not asking you out if that's what you think, she said. I said, really? So what is it going to be? It would be just like two friends hanging out. Only that I'd let you rant about your relationship if you want to, she replied. I reluctantly agreed to hang out. It wouldn't hurt, so why not? We met at a coffee shop and as she promised, it wasn't a date. We didn't even talk about her. All we talked about was my previous relationship. As she promised, she let me rant as much as I wanted to. As we made to leave the coffee shop, I tried to apologize for talking her ears off, but she stopped me. I offered, remember? I thanked her and we both got in our cars and drove home. All through that month, we would hang out together and she would let me rant about my ex. It got better with every hangout, and we talked less about my ex and more about other stuff. We were spending too much time together and our friends all thought we were dating. I didn't exactly like her, nor did I want anything more from our relationship, but my friend encouraged me to ask her out. He was genuinely shocked when I told him that we weren't really in a romantic relationship in any capacity. I asked her out on that same day and she declined. She had another date. That annoyed me because I somehow did not expect that she would be dating someone else. Did she not like me? I wondered to myself, it felt like a challenge of sorts, trying to get her to prioritize me over the other guy she was dating. Eventually, she agreed to go out with me on a proper date. I tried to bring up my ex, but she was not having that. If what you want is a proper date with me, you can't go on and on about your ex. Her putting me in my place kind of endeared me to her. We soon started dating, and I proposed not long after. It made sense to marry her. She was smart, beautiful, homely, and had very little trouble. My dad always told me that all women were big trouble, and I only had to find the woman with the least trouble and marry her. I'm going to be honest, also proposed to my wife because I found out from stalking my ex on Facebook that my ex was getting married. I always believed somewhere in my head that we would get back together even though it had been a while since we ended our relationship. Seeing that she was getting married snapped me back to reality. I accepted what had happened and proposed to my wife just so that I could get my mind off everything and finally put my ex behind me. After I'd gotten married to my wife, I noticed that who she was as a wife was a bit different from the woman I had dated. My wife was mean-spirited and very temperamental. 
When she was mad at me, she could say just about anything without caring about how her words hurt me. We also started trying to have kids in the first two years of our marriage, and whenever she got her period, she would get very upset and refuse to speak to me. We finally got pregnant and had our child. Nearly two years after we had our baby girl, my company went bankrupt and this led to me losing my job. Naturally, I was miserable. I had expected to one day be in one of the top positions at the company since I'd worked there nearly all my life. I started working there as soon as I graduated from college. It was a very trying period for me and my wife made it even worse. I was in my early 40s, fresh out of a job, and couldn't even imagine how I'd get a new job. I had long been out of the job seeking process and I wasn't sure that I could secure a new job. As we relied on my savings and my wife's earnings, my wife got irritable each day. You need to get out there and find a job, she would say with a scowl on her face. I wasn't ready to start looking for a new job. I was barely over the one I'd just lost and was trying to get myself together. But she never listened to me. Her scowl deepened with each passing day and so did her mean remarks and taunting. My wife loved her job, but she hated that she had to be the sole provider in our family. One day, she announced that we had to let the sitter go. Our babysitter came to our home every weekday to watch and take care of our toddler daughter while my wife was at work. Who's going to look after her then? I asked my wife. She frowned. Look after who? Your child? I was confused and I told her that. She said, what exactly are you confused about? I can no longer afford to pay the sitter. What's confusing about that? I said, okay, but who's going to watch her while we're away? My wife laughed. We're not away. I'm away at work. You just sit at home all day doing next to nothing. I can't keep paying a sitter when the child's father's home and does nothing all day. I said, I'm trying to find a job. I'm not always at home. She laughed again. Yeah, right. Look, I simply can't afford to pay the sitter anymore. I agreed to mind our child while she was away at work. I was speaking to old friends and colleagues about job openings, and they all promised to reach out as soon as they found a position I could fit into. I didn't have any issues with watching my daughter. If anything, I enjoyed the free time to bond with her. When I still had my job, I barely got to spend time with her, but as I waited and hoped for a job, I loved every bit of the time I spent with her. My wife wasn't so happy about that though. She resented me for being unable to contribute to the financial progress of the house, and she showed it. As time passed, we saw less of my wife in the house. She was spending too much time at work and would always mention a guy from work. They had just started working together and were thick as thieves. Naturally, I was jealous and worried about losing my wife, but I couldn't talk to her about it out of fear that she would somehow bring up my not having a job. Finding out that my wife was cheating was not what made me do the things I did. Yes, that did hurt, but it wasn't why I did it. Cheating was not so big a deal to me that I would risk ending my marriage or ruining my wife's career, but her cheating was the final straw, the nail in the coffin. It started one day when I got a call from one of my friends from college. There was an opening in the company he worked at and he'd recommended me for the position and scored me an interview. Unfortunately, he totally forgot to inform me about what he had done and only remembered the morning of the day of the interview. Luckily, I was ready for any interview since I'd been preparing myself. I, however, needed someone to watch my daughter so I could hurry along. I called my wife's office, but my calls weren't taken. I called her mobile, but she didn't pick up either. 
I called the sitter my friend goes to and asked if she could come over on such notice, but she was busy too. I resolved to take my daughter along with me for the interview. Maybe I'd find someone who would watch her while I did the interview. I was about to strap her to the back seat when I saw our neighbor, an old lady. She was a sweet lady, but my wife hated her. My wife said she was very judgmental and self-righteous. While there was no love lost between my wife and our neighbor, she was very kind to me and we exchanged pleasantries whenever we saw each other. When I saw her, I immediately considered approaching her to see if she could watch my child while I went for the interview. I wasn't sure that she would agree to it, but I figured it wouldn't hurt to try. I did approach her, and she agreed to help. I thanked her profusely, handing my crying toddler over to her, and drove off for my interview. I returned to my very angry wife. She started yelling as soon as she saw me driving in. Why would you do this? You didn't even tell me you were leaving. You could have just told me so I'd call a sitter. You left our child with that old woman? I ignored her, got out of the car, and walked in to see my daughter. She was sleeping on the couch. I sighed and went into our bedroom. My wife followed me. Apparently our neighbor found my wife's office address and called her because our daughter would not stop crying. My wife kept screaming but I ignored her. When she asked if I wasn't going to explain why I was away, I told her I went for a job interview. She said, yeah right, another job interview for another job that you won't even get. What a sore loser. That hurt me. It hurt me more than anything I had heard in years. I was incredibly hurt and I remember tearing up in the shower. That was why I did what I did. She called me a loser, not just that but a sore loser. I moved out of our bedroom and started sleeping in the guest bedroom. She apologized the next morning but I could just not move past it. That same week I was taking our daughter to the park when I saw my wife in a car with some guy. They parked on the street and he leaned over and kissed her. I kept driving to the park but as soon as we arrived at the park, I lost it. I cried in the car and my daughter got upset. She cried too. We had to drive back home and sleep all day. When my wife returned, I pretended to not know what was going on. I wasn't friendly toward her though and I kept staying in the guest bedroom. My revenge started the next day. Usually I made breakfast and we ate together before leaving for work. Even when I had a job I would make breakfast for us. I dissolved some pills in her coffee. They were pills that would make her drowsy and hungry all through the day. I didn't want my antics to be very obvious, so I would do that thrice, every week. She started to tell me that her bosses were complaining about her drowsiness and laziness at work. I assured her that she was fine and encouraged her to rest some more. Hopefully I'll get a job soon and you won't have to work so hard, I said wistfully one time. I kept up with the pills and it got so bad that one day she was sent home from work. At that point, she wanted to go see a doctor. I couldn't risk that, so I encouraged her to sleep and rest. Then I decided to stop adding the pills. The final opportunity to ruin things for her at work came when she had to bring some work files home because the workload was too much and she couldn't finish her tasks at work. At that time, I was still sleeping in the guest room, but we were communicating better. When she told me about her work, I nodded absent-mindedly. I didn't want her to think I'd even heard her. Later that night, I snuck into her room, took the files and hid them in a hidden corner of the garage. My wife hardly ever went into the garage, so there was no way she could find them. The next day, she looked everywhere for the files but couldn't find them. 
As a helpful husband, I looked everywhere with her too. She was already late to work, so she hurried and left without the files. That day, she was given a 14 days notice to leave the job. I was so excited about the news that I couldn't even hide the smile on my face when she told me. I had to step away so I wouldn't get caught. As fate would have it, I was offered a well-paying job and I took it. The roles were reversed and my wife stayed at home. I was tempted many times to be as mean to her as she was to me, but I didn't have the heart to. Months later, my wife confessed to cheating with her colleague at work and that she knew I hid those files because she found them in the garage. I admitted to doing it and we decided to forgive each other and start over. While she completely forgave me for getting her fired from work, I still wasn't over the fact that she was having an affair. I became very insecure about her working again, so we decided that she would stay back at home and take care of the home front. She agreed to do that, but lately she's been talking about working again. I certainly cannot allow that. I will probably always wonder what or who she's doing. I would rather not put myself through that. As much as OP says that they don't want to put themselves through that, aren't they already putting themselves kind of through that by entertaining a cheater? I mean, they don't really have any assurances that she's not currently or will go right back to it given the chance. Our next story is, I got my roommate expelled because she messed with my friend. There are two things every college student agrees on. One is that college tests you in every way possible. You come in with high expectations and a plan and quickly discover that it's all just organized chaos. You're constantly struggling to stay sane and so is everyone else. See someone suddenly have a public breakdown? You can absolutely relate to them. The second Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. thing that college students agree on is that roommates are the only other determining factor of your sanity. The right roommate is a good support and possibly might even be a great friend. The wrong roommate can drive you insane and make you consider homicide a little. Now, you can have all sorts of roommates, and I've honestly heard a lot of complaints about bad roommates, but none of them compare even closely to Justina. When I got my admission into Seattle University, I was ecstatic. I was ready to go right in and dominate academically and socially, just as I had since junior high. The moment my parents and I opened my dorm room, Justina was there with a wide smile. She welcomed me enthusiastically, perhaps too enthusiastically. Something felt off about her right away, but I put it down to just me being paranoid about a lot. She seemed very chatty and had a lot to talk to about her experience so far in the 24 hours she'd been in school for. 
To be honest, I really didn't mind her being talkative. I had dealt with a lot of talkative people in high school, so it wasn't exactly new. She seemed to know a lot about, well, everything. So I let her fill me in to make settling in a lot smoother for me. That evening, she took me to a freshman party. The party was, thankfully, pretty mellow and there weren't a lot of people being wild. It was sort of a hangout for freshmen to socialize and get to make new friends. There was a decent amount of alcohol though and after a couple of cups of punch, I was lightheaded and ready to go back to the dorm. Justina, on the other hand, seemed intent on staying behind and having me tag along with her. She had befriended a clique of girls who were giggling and gossiping quite a bit. Not exactly my kind of crowd, but I was a bit buzzed and scared I would get lost trying to find my way back on my own. I needed Justina to take me home, but she simply wouldn't budge. She was so intent on impressing the girls, she ignored me for the next hour. When she saw that her incessant talking wasn't really doing much for her, she started asking me some quite personal questions, perhaps hoping that in my buzzed state I would answer all of her questions. Noticing what she was trying to do, embarrass me in front of her friends, I got upset and decided to leave her at the party and find my way home. While I was trying to figure out which building was our residence hall, I, as you would probably expect, got hopelessly lost. Even worse, I realized that my phone was missing. Now I couldn't find my way back to my dorm and I couldn't even call for help. I sat down on one of the public benches and was about to start crying when I heard a male voice ask if I was okay. Obviously, I was a bit scared and cautious. I had no idea where I was and there was a stranger here talking to me. I thought of a hundred different ways this could go wrong. The guy seemed to sense my fear and told me he meant no harm. He told me his name was Denzel and he was on his way to a party when he saw me and he was wondering if I was okay. I figured the party he was on his way to was the one I had just left. I told him that if the party he was headed to was the one I was thinking of, he was about three hours late to the party. He laughed and said he wasn't actually attending the party, he just wanted to go pick up his friend who went alone and called him to get him home. He asked where I was headed, but I couldn't even remember the name of my residence hall, but he said he would help me regardless. He walked me back to the party, the entire time talking to me and showing me landmarks to help me get around campus. At the party, Justina still didn't seem ready to leave, but she told me the name of our hall, so I told Denzel and he told me he'd lead me there. He and I carried his friend, who was absolutely hammered, back to his dorm. Then he walked me back to mine. The entire time we chatted and joked. Denzel was a sophomore studying economics and he'd experienced quite a few interesting things, so he was full of stories. When I got to my dorm, I thanked him and asked for his number. I'd made a new friend. Over the next few weeks, Denzel and I grew really close. We talked every day and hung out a lot, but we weren't really romantically interested in each other and that was fine. He was one of the most accommodating people I had ever met, and I felt I could trust him with just about anything. A few people, including Justina, who simply had not apologized for not only abandoning me, but trying to embarrass me to seem cool, assumed that we were dating, and I had to iterate many times that we were just friends. I continued to focus on my goals of excelling academically, so I really didn't have time for much. I was rarely ever in the dorm, but that didn't mean that Justina still didn't find ways to annoy me. For one, Justina had no understanding of personal space and would regularly disturb me while I was trying to study or sleep. 
She would also wear my clothes without my permission and it upset me so much I had to scold her about it numerous times. Eventually, I just gave up and put a large chunk of my clothes in locked traveling bags. There was also the issue of dishes. For what appeared to be a matter of principle, Justina refused to do her dishes. At first, I was fine with helping her with it, but she just seemed to be there doing next to nothing while dishes piled up and it annoyed me to no end. The worst of it all were her friends. They would make gossip noisily and seem to have a penchant for pilfering my things. I tried my hardest to ignore everything, although sometimes I got really pissed. I figured in time she would outgrow it all and I didn't have the time or patience to go through the process of requesting for a reassignment. Every once in a while, Denzel would come over to my dorm. Now, my dorm wasn't exactly co-ed and it was frowned upon, though not prohibited to bring male guests over. To be honest, no one really batted an eye or cared. Justina didn't seem to have a problem with it at first, unrelentingly and obviously flirting with Denzel whenever he was around. When she realized that he wasn't really into her and barely gave her the attention she craved, her jealousy started to show. At first, it started with complaints about how Denzel wasn't supposed to be in our dorm and how we could get in trouble for it. Seeing the signs, I told her it really wasn't an issue, and if she thought it was, she could talk to the resident's admin, basically calling her bluff. That seemed to work, and she stopped talking about getting me in trouble, but then she started complaining that she had observed that some of her things were suddenly missing, making sure to complain about her missing items just after Denzel leaves. It doesn't take a genius to figure out what she was implying, and again, I was intent to shut it down and shut it down quickly. Before I confronted her about it, I decided to talk to Denzel about it. He was obviously shocked about it and decided that instead of making an issue about it, I just let it slide and he would avoid coming over. It was really annoying and I tried to change his mind, but Denzel was quite adamant about it and so he stopped coming over. We still hung out quite a bit, which was fine with me. One day, I forgot one of my textbooks over at Denzel's dorm. I had a test on that subject the next day, so he was worried that I wouldn't have my material to read with. He called me several times, but when I didn't pick up, he decided he'd just bring the book over anyway. What he didn't know was that I wasn't in my dorm. I was at the library studying. I had noticed that my textbook was missing, but since the library had the same textbook, I decided to just use that and go back to pick my textbook up later. I didn't pick up Denzel's calls because I didn't see them. When I'm in the library, I put my phone on silent and the screen down so I don't get distracted by notifications and calls. So when Denzel rushed over to my dorm to give me my textbook, he met Justina there and dropped it on my bed. He then texted me to say that he dropped off my book. When I got home the next morning to freshen up before my test, Justina was sitting on her bed using her phone. Nothing seemed wrong. However, by the time I walked out of the bathroom, she seemed to be crying. I had a good mind to just get dressed and leave, but my empathy got the better of me and I asked if she was okay. She looked at me and said that Denzel had assaulted her the previous evening. I was shocked, but I asked her to tell me what had happened. She said he had come in with my book and after dropping it, he had made a pass at her. When she told him she wasn't interested, he had tried to forcibly kiss her and she had to push him off. Angry, he had slapped her repeatedly and walked off. I was in disbelief and I had a tough decision to make. On one hand, 
That did not at all sound like Denzel, and it could be just another ploy by Justina. But on the other hand, the probability that it was true, while slim, was very serious. I did what I thought was the right thing. I told her to inform the school authorities and the police. When I got back from my test, I'd come to see her and we would talk more. The entire test, my mind was not at ease and I kept thinking about just how serious Justina's accusation against Denzel was. When I got back to the dorm, she told me she had waited for me to get back so we could report together. I told her to wait a second and went outside. If I was going to help lodge a complaint against one of my closest friends, I could at least confront him about it first. When Denzel picked up my call, he greeted me in his typical goofy manner. I asked him what he did the previous evening when he came to my place. To spook him into confessing, I told him I knew what he did. A bit confused, he answered, Okay, you're welcome then? When I asked what he was on about, he said he thought I was calling to thank him for dropping my textbook over. But he wasn't sure what the call was about anymore. At this point, I straight up asked him if he assaulted my roommate. He screamed no. He explained that he'd been in and out in minutes and had dropped my book off and only that. The only thing he had done to Justina was greet her. Confused, I hung up and headed to my room. I was at the door when I heard Justina say, That serves him right. He thought he could get away with ignoring me, huh? Well, now he'll be in a lot of trouble. When I walked in, I saw that she was on a call with someone. She must have seen the look of rage on my face because she quickly hung up and looked at me sheepishly. You lied, I said. She didn't respond but instead shrugged like, oh well. I was so furious I almost got her. I met Denzel on my way to his dorm. He was rushing over to see me after my call. I told him everything and he suggested I find someone else to stay with till the end of the session. I told him I was going to deal with it and didn't explain further. If Justina thought she was going to get away with messing with my friend, she was delusional. Now, it's not exactly hard to get drugs on campus, so I bought some. Nothing major, just weed and a few mushrooms. I was very careful not to get caught with them. I then planted them in her things and went to report that my roommate was using and it scared me. Now, in Seattle, it was illegal to use marijuana when you're below the age of 21, which Justina was. Also, our school strongly frowned upon drug use, and so the case was taken up very seriously. After a brief police search, Justina was taken into custody. To make things even worse, she had to face the school's disciplinary committee. Justina was expelled and also served a 60-day sentence. I know she knows I was responsible, but perhaps she was scared of getting into more trouble by admitting to the police that she had planned to falsely accuse Denzel of assault. So she shut up. Perhaps in the future she'd be more careful of who she messes with, and I have no regrets doing what I did. Denzel definitely knows I did it, and I think he's a little uncomfortable about it, but he hasn't really talked about it with me yet. I've been assigned a new roommate now, and she's quite sweet. And now Denzel can come visit me at my dorm once again. I'd like to propose an alternative theory where Justina apparently likes to party. Maybe she's already a regular user of these kinds of things. Maybe she gaslit herself into thinking, did I buy that at some point and stash it in my room? What else does she have to lose? You can't get in trouble for saying that you were meaning to falsely accuse somebody. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. 
Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.